So Ian, this week we're going to talk about the property market. We're in the second half of this, this year. Can you believe it? Mental. It's Absolutely gone crazy. so quick. The market is still booming in my opinion. But going back to end of last year when you've done your predictions of what's going to happen in 2022, what are we going to talk about today? Yeah, I want to cover what's gone on in the recent base rate changes. So we've obviously seen two jumps in the last two months. I can't believe it's the 1st of July. We're in the second half of, of 2022, like you say, but the first six months have been quite interesting for the sales market, especially across the home county. So let's get stuck into talking about what's going on, where the buyer trend sits, what's happening with mortgage rates at the moment, potentially the new type of property that's gonna get the maximum growth in the second half of the year, which I think is dictated by the mortgage rates. And I've got a, an inside scoop into that and what we've just seen for the last 18 months as well. Uh, and then obviously I went against the press in December, I think it was when we forecast what would happen um, for the first half of this year or, or most of 2022. So did I get it right? Did I get it wrong? Were the press, press right or were the press wrong? Um, I've got a smile on my face, so that'll give you a hint, but let's, let's get see. stuck into it. Let's do it. You made some very bold statements last year with regards to went totally against the press prediction of what was going to happen in the property market. But to summarize in terms of what's happened so far in line with what you said, where are we? Yeah, so I think at the back end of last year, one thing that was pretty clear to me as an estate agent operating in the sales market on the coal face, if you like, is the fact that there was such a low level of stock. There was such a low level of properties available for people to purchase and demand was still so high that I couldn't see the press reporting. We were going into this cost of living scenario. Obviously, we've, we've experienced now they've got that right. Inflation is up. Cost of living is much higher. But still, because interest rates were so low, I just couldn't see that demand would slow that much. And when you've got a market where you've got such minimal amount of properties for sale at any one time and such a high level of demand, that ultimately means prices go up. And when you also look at the cost of rent at the moment, mortgages are, if you've got a 10% deposit, at the moment you're going to pay a mortgage on the same property that you would rent it for probably about 60% which is 40% swing on rent to mortgage is a massive, massive amount. And if we went before COVID, they were about level. If anything, you'd probably find that average rent was about 50 quid more than the average mortgage. So that as a result means it's really expensive to rent property. So more people are trying to be first time buyers. And also you've got the, the bank of mum and dad coming in for deposits and getting a deposit now, you can you can have a 95% mortgage, 5% deposit, which just wasn't there pre-pandemic. So the signs were going into this year that the property market would carry on. I didn't think it would be as crazy as the two years prior, which let's call those anywhere around 12, 13, 14% jumps in one year. So we're talking 25% across two years, which is massive. You know, it's a massive growth of, of prices. So people with current portfolios, property investors have done really well. And I would imagine a lot of people are now looking at refinancing and, and reinvesting because I don't think the boat has quite sailed. And, and my statement went against what the press was saying because they thought very negatively as we were seeing stocks and shares crumbling. We've seen crypto fall through. We've seen all sorts of uncertainty around investments other than the property market continues to surprise us every single month. And when we've seen that level of supply slightly climb over the last six months and demand slightly drop, we're still talking numbers that are 
way above what we've seen for the last 10 years. So even though it's a little bit less than it was nine months ago, it's still a hell of a lot higher than the 10 year average. So it depends how you read the statistics. You could read, okay, year on year, there's a little bit less buyer demand. But if you go across the 10 year average, it's catastrophically higher. So as a result, I thought we would see prices this year probably go up somewhere. I think I said somewhere between six and 10%. And at the moment, at the halfway point of the year, we're probably about five, five and a half percent growth this year across the sort of national average in the home counties, probably six already. So, you know, inflation's now way up. Um, cost of living is more expensive. But when you drive around, especially on weekends, Deliveroo drivers are everywhere. People are getting takeaways everywhere. If you go into a restaurant, they're packed, they're full. The pubs when the sun comes out is full. People are booking holidays. Cost of going on holiday is soaring because, again, demand. You know, they're selling out much faster. Um, if you look at any social events, people have got money to spend because social events are selling out. It's hard to get tickets for X, Y, and Z. So people are spending money. So, you know, we've had a massive influx of cash through furlough and things like that into the economy globally. Um, I think someone reported, an economic stat reported something like the whole of the U.S., wealth prior to the pandemic has been added to the globe that's oh, how much wow. extra money there is in the world now and yes it is expensive to fill up your car it cost me 95 quid the other day and it wasn't even on empty which is crazy <laughs> and frustrating but i have just ordered an electric um but that that was my kind of analysis of things in in the in the property market and what we've seen for probably the last 18 months is family homes being in massive massive demand so you know to get a mortgage of 75% with a 25% deposit, if you're doing an upsize as just a classic young family to a, a, a more generational, flexible property, like a four bed detached with a garage on the side. In reality, you were looking somewhere around 1% as an interest rate. So as a result, these people have just gone, well, let's sell our three bed, let's buy the four bed because it's just crazy not to do it at the moment. And you had stamp duty. So people were selling somewhere around, saving somewhere around 15 grand in tax. Now, people in that period of time since it's dropped in that price bracket around the home counties have grown 25, 30K in equity. So even though the stamp duty holiday is not there anymore, it's irrelevant because people are still saving the money. They've got it in their equity. Um, and even though those prices are now, from an interest rate point of view, much higher, that's what we'd seen historically for the last 18 months was four bed detached markets just gone crazy. And if you had something in around here at 515, it's probably worth closer to seven now. You know, that's the jump we're talking. I don't think that market will continue to grow at the rate that it has done previously. I think that market, that boat has sailed. I think people have have gone into those four bed detached. They took advantage of the stamp duty holiday. They brought their moves forward. And I think the only reason why people do that is because they financially they're able to do it or there's a need and desire and there will always be a need and desire. But the trend won't be the four bed detached market, you know, so popular and in demand over the next probably 12 months, I think. I think the market which is interesting, and this is where people listening to this show, property investors could capitalize on, I think is the what I call the first time buyer market or the classic buy to let market. And the reason why I think they will grow, and I include flats in that as well, leaseholds, you know, good leaseholds, not ones with crazy service charges or low leases. But the reason why I think they will grow over the next 12, six months is because if you look at the mortgage rate, the mortgage interest rates for 
a 60 or a 75% loan to value now in comparison to where they were nine months ago, they have like doubled those rates. So they're still very low. It's still affordable, but they have doubled. If you look at a 95% classic first-time buyer mortgage, 90%, 95% mortgage, they're not that different. So if the first-time buyer mortgages are still as cheap as they were nine months ago and rent is higher climbing, you know, month by month on the average rents and, you know, the amount of tenants per property at the moment is as high as it's ever been still, that's not changed in any way. So if it's really expensive to rent and it's really cheap to get a mortgage as a first-time buyer with a small deposit, then you would imagine there'll be a lot of first-time buyers. So I think we're moving away from the market of chains and I think we're now moving into a first-time buyer's market. And I think even more in the residential markets, because normally you would incorporate help to buy into that, but where help to buy is coming to an end and new builds are really struggling to get out the ground at the moment because it's so expensive for materials and everything's so much slower with planning, as Luke mentioned, didn't he, on on the podcast recently. I think that means the residential market is going to really pop at the low level. So in the home counties, sub 400 grand, I think we're going to see huge demand for properties because people want to move out of homes. That's always going to happen. People are going to form new relationships. People are going to have babies. Uh, Landlords are still selling their assets. You know, the older generational kind of classic landlord that's had a property for 20, 30 years is now thinking, let's sell up and don't take the risk. If there is a financial crisis, you know, on the agenda, let's let's get our cash in the pot and, and then cash is king, as they say. So there is landlord selling at the moment, but there is a lot of new younger wealthier landlords that are purchasing as well but it's worth noting though those landlords that have sold though brought sort of 10 15 years ago so they've 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 brought a low price it's doubled in value if not more they've had that rental income paying that mortgage for that period of time they've brought more assets and now they're offloading them and which is a typical cycle and although they're selling a lot of the ones we're talking to are planning to reinvest yeah and they're not going to reinvest in the money markets at the moment because you know if you look at i get um cryptocurrency alerts on my phone for some on my watch for some reason just driving in i'd seen that bitcoin had dropped just today alone like 5.15 percent or something crazy like that it's in one day stock market erratic you know is a bit erratic out there at the moment i'm sure it's you look at it and you say right if it's on a downward curve it's a good time to invest but we don't know what's around the corner for the next 24 months but what we do know is people need somewhere to live they don't necessarily need their money in in stocks they don't necessarily need their money in crypto. They don't need an NFT of a monkey. You know, it's nice to have that digital asset saved on your screensaver, but I'd rather have a bedroom. So I think when you look at property market versus other investment options, I would say those smaller properties, if you can go freehold, like a nice freehold one bed or a freehold two bed, especially we spoke about it before, if you can turn the two bed into a three bed, it's a, that's a gold dust investment at the moment, I would say. And what will you ask the question, what will the prices do for the next six months? I still think that I, I might be slightly out negatively on my prediction from December because you reckon more or less. I think I still think we got 10% this year. Oh, wow. Looking at it now, six months down the line, I thought six to eight, something like that. But we're already around five or six and we're only at the halfway mark. So will things go up three? four five percent next half quite possibly there is more properties for sale now chains are getting tied up where they weren't before um 
feels like there's less new build products launching yeah. in and around. Definitely feels that way. I can see more being built and we're pricing up a lot more random developments than we've ever done. But that's two years away, you know. Exactly that, what we had on our podcast. He said that you can't get into a new build yeah. for at least a year if you're lucky. Absolutely. Typically two years plus at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I mean, we've always harped on about three bed ends, three bed semis, two bed houses in nice areas. I still think they're fantastic for, you know, the 10, 15 year growth. I do think there's an opportunity for people to buy today around the 300, 350, 375 market, because I think we'll see a bigger percentage growth on those compared to any other style of properties over the next 12 months, just looking at the way mortgage lenders are doing the rates. That, that would be my analysis, because to actually get a 95% or a 90% um, mortgage, it's not that much of a different interest rate for no. someone that's getting a 75% mortgage. And in my lifetime, I've done this job for 20 years, that's always a massive difference. And at the moment, we're talking 2.59 versus 2.49 or 2.79 versus 2.59, you know, peanuts in reality. So that, that would be my kind of analysis on what we're about to see. I think we're entering a first time buyer market. And I think the, the bigger end of the chain stuff, you know, the big four bit detached stuff, I think we've seen the big burst and boom, and that's what's really carried that 25% price growth in the last two years. I think that will ease off, and I think we're going to see a lot of the turnover of those smaller stuff. And I think we'll see a lot of people selling flats, buying freehold, buying gardens. That will carry on. But I do think the flat market, the apartment market, for the right stuff, they seem to be moving really quickly all of a sudden, which, you know, if you are an investor thinking, where should I put my money on? Ideally, I don't want to go into leasehold. I don't know. I would say if you can go freehold, always go freehold. But if you haven't got the money to it and you're waiting 12 months to buy freehold, it might be worth just picking that leasehold up. It really depends on budget, doesn't it? Yeah. And what, what you're looking for because you're going to need an extra 50, 60 grand to, to buy that freehold potentially, especially a family home, whereas you could buy a one or two bed flat mm. with far less money, less um, stamp duty as well. So it really comes down to that factor, I suppose. Yeah, and you're putting a few, you're spreading, you're spreading the web, aren't you? You're putting a few more eggs in the basket, so to speak. But for the property investors out there at the moment, I, I, I don't think there's any fear factor in investing in any type of property in reality. And, you know, all over the place, we're seeing people now looking at investing in HMOs. We've still got the, um, the commercial change of use options where people can go a bit more risky with things. But for me, that safe haven, sub kind of 375 in this area, two bed, three bed, terrace market, they're going to let within five minutes for a great price. They go for silly prices. Well, to give you a prime example, we had one the other week. It was on at 1500, three beds, end terrace, and five offers were received, some as high as 1800. So it just shows you the, the sheer volume of demand for family homes. But there's been other properties I've listed, two bedroom flats has done exactly the same. So well, we had a one bedroom um, two weeks ago that had 17 viewings booked in. We had uh, nine offers on the property. Yeah. So it just shows you it doesn't matter what you go for. The demand is definitely there and the lack of stock in the market says that all. But I think it's clear from what you said there, it's today is still the cheapest day to ever buy a property with interest rates going up lack of stock, sheer volume of demand, it's only going to push prices up. And do you still stand by that? 100% because it's supply and demand. You can read into 
markets, whichever way you want. There's loads of data to report on and you can take data in any way. But if the facts are simple, if there's more people looking to buy than looking to sell, prices will go up. And that's the market we're in now. And we're in that in a more aggressive pendulum swing than we have done for a hell of a long time. So until that changes and people stop looking to buy at the volume they are at the moment and more property comes to the market and starts to sit for sale, that's not going to change. Will it slow? Will it get a bit easier? Maybe. But if it's still high on a 10-year average, then you've got to put that into perspective. And no one's investing in a property with a view of really selling it in six months. So, you know, if you're buying a property today, chances are, as a buy-to-let, you're not going to sell that for three, five years as a shortest, shortest turnaround. You'll make money. Like 100%, you'll make money. You know, I stand by that, play that clip in five years' time. If I've got egg on my face, I'll take it. But I just can't see how it can happen because of where we sit at the moment with rent versus mortgage, the type of interest rates that we've got. And we're talking inflation levels really of probably what, 11% at the moment, I would imagine they are. Costs of living, you know, as high as they are. Yes, fuel is going up, but when we look at it, it's not going to go up forever because it does look like actually that's some sort of scam in the background at the moment. And price of actually purchasing fuel is is lower over the last couple of weeks than what it had been before. So we will hopefully see the knock-on effects of that from the petrol stations. I think in October, we've got obviously a hike in utilities and people are now working out ways to do that. Fortunately for us in the UK, it's not as cold as, as it has been, you know, for, for the last couple of years this year so far. Maybe it'll get colder later on, but people can work around that. And it just means people are going to get stricter on their takeaways, their social events, their holidays. But as it goes back to it, a lot of people have saved a lot of money over the last two years where they've not been able to spend it. So, so in six months time, we'll see how many Uber drivers are running around. Yeah, we will. Yeah. I mean, you know, Amazon, you know, Amazon deliveries, you know, crazy at the moment. God, they go through some cardboard, those guys. They have been since um, since uh, lockdown happened. Yeah. Deliveries going out with that. Yeah. But like you said, it's, it's boomed from that. But it'd be interesting to see what happens in the next six months. It's been a really interesting um, conversation regarding the property market. And as usual, if anyone's got any questions for Ian or myself, send us a DM through um, our social pages, which is at the landlord page, and we'll get straight back to you. But we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And until next time, Ian. We'll see you next Friday. I'm flicking through YouTube and through Spotify. I don't think there's a podcast or a video channel on YouTube that landlords can land on where they're not being sold something. I mean, it'd be the first time any estate agents ever asked that question, but why not ask that question to a wider audience? They agents have the knowledge there, but they don't seem to share it. You can do different episodes based around someone that wants an exit plan or someone that's just starting their portfolio. The rules change every year. Yeah. But why not just open the floor out and just say, well, is property even the best investment out there? And tax advice is a big thing, especially with everything that's changed, capital yeah. gains tax and obviously your stamp duty costs that you need to pay and whatnot. People don't realise what they need to prepare for. We build a podcast and we build a YouTube channel, somewhere that landlords can go and they feel they're not being sold to, but they're just getting quality advice.